we have this paradigm, this economic system that requires unlimited growth. So even if you could sustain unlimited growth in a finite world, which just mathematically doesn't work, do I really want to? Like, it's not even about doom and gloom. It's not even about sustaining things the way they are. I look at it and I go, I think we could play a funner game. Welcome to Satori Prime's Have It All podcast, where you get your fix of personal development without any of that fluff. A podcast dedicated to the unending quest of self-discovery and remembrance. You'll discover new breakthrough thinking and feeling technology that will cause shifts in all areas of your life, your finances, your body, relationships, and most importantly, your mind. You'll uncover your truest self and for probably the first time in your life, feel 100% worthy of having it all. It's time to stop talking and fantasizing about your dream life and start living it. So get ready to have your mind expanded in the best way possible. Now, fair warning, if you implement what you learn here, your life will never ever be the same. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. All right. So again, I'd love to start with just an amazing acknowledgement that someone wrote to us on iTunes and this person named Funk Yeah, which is an awesome name, wrote uh, with the headline, My Aha Moment. By the way, for all of you listening, I will be reading these uh, starting every single podcast going forward. So if you'd like to receive a free, amazing gift just make sure you go to iTunes, leave us a review. And when I read yours, just go and email me at elon at satoriprime.com and I will personally send you a wonderful gift. So Funky yeah, writes, I cannot get enough of this podcast. Elon and Guy have ignited a spiritual awakening and realization exploration of self that I've been craving for so long. It's not just about inspiration. This podcast is a tool to better understand yourself and your role and others' roles within the universe. I've experienced a positive shift in my communication, relationships, professional advancements, and even parenting. I often find myself screaming, yes, 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 while listening. Thank you. And thank you, Funk Yeah. Reach out to me, Elon at satoriprime.com, and I will send you a wonderful gift. All right, and now let's get to the new show. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Have It All podcast. So today is going to be a very, very brilliant conversation. Uh, Levi and I actually had a chance to catch up a few times, and uh, we are both very much into experiential learning of all sorts from medicines to human potential to all that stuff. So I'm super, super excited to have Levi Darger on the phone or on the podcast. How are you, buddy? Really good. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Looking yeah, man. I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. So uh, <laughs> before we jump into all the cool, crazy, amazing stuff uh, in our worlds, just tell people a little bit about who you are, what you're passionate about, what you're up to in life, and we'll, we'll take it from there. Awesome. Yeah. So who I am, I'm just a, I'm a mess and a miracle like everybody mm-hmm. else, mm-hmm. you know? And I think like I, I, I think that's important really to acknowledge that because there's so much out there, so many people out there putting on the Facebook face and this, I've got it all together and I've got my shit together and blah, blah, blah. blah. And it's like, you know, I don't. <laughs> Still trying <laughs> to you. Thanks guy. Some days I'm a mess, you know, <laughs> but some days I'm a miracle and, and then we all are and it's okay. You know? Really? I think that's, that's what I'm passionate about. 
also is just just creating a world, creating a culture where we can show up more authentically. Mm. And I think for me, what that means is there's an awareness, this evolution that we collectively are are making you know as human beings and that evolution even though it's happening collectively it also gets to happen for each of us individually and that evolution uh, entails really taking a good hard look at some of the blind spots that we have created for ourselves and our perceptions and our identities and the way you know the way that we've been showing up in the world and so what I'm really passionate about is cultural evolution. Hmm. I, I want to see a world where, where we take all the amazing awesomeness that we have, we, we have reached through this intellect. And I want to see us start opening up from not just this intellectual intelligence, but also reconnecting to the primal intelligence that our ancestors had that we all had when we were children you know and that somehow it kind of got conditioned out of us and programmed out of us and that's 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 what i've been for yeah it's so funny i i just had someone reach out to me earlier today because it's something we talk about all the time about how it's ironic that the thing that spiritual journeys lead us back to is when we were children like that exuberance that awe that imagination that energy that life force that just came so easily and naturally to us we go we try to build all this stuff and then we start doing this work and really all we're trying to do is get back to that place that we were so naturally and easily (laughs) yeah absolutely before all the voices got drilled into our heads and all the ideas about what is and isn't and should and shouldn't and yeah there was a knowing that we that we all came into the world with, and yeah, I think if we can if we can uh, individually and as a culture, if we can come back to that and acknowledge that again, I think that's where you're going to see way beyond like t- technological uh, innovation is awesome, you know we're seeing exponential increases in, in technology and all of those things, but I think the real evolution. To, real true evolution is going to be a cultural evolution. Mm. And so, so say a little bit more about that because you've, you've spoken a lot about cultural evolution a couple times here. Um, what does that look like for you? So, uh, so when you look at like, just first of all, let's start with what, what culture is. Yeah. Right. So culture in essence is the collective equivalent of identity, right? It's, it really is the collective equivalent of, of a, a ego or a sense of self, right? And uh, so the way that a group of people operate, culture is this unseen, unfelt, un- invisible uh, force that is operating to keep us in a form of homeostasis. Hmm. Right, and so, uh, as as you well know, the evolution that happens for us is is in the exploration of the boundaries between the known and the unknown. Right, mm-hmm. the experiences of of chaos, and how 
we go from ordered experience of life to suddenly that order that we had suddenly just doesn't work mm-hmm. the way it did before. Yep. And if we're really good at being willing to go into chaos, then that can be these gradual sort of expansion that happens. But most of us, both individually and especially collectively, we're incredibly resistant to to chaos. Like yeah. we really want to have things be known and safe and structured and the way they are. That's actually a, a really important thing. I think culture creates a sort of a developmental womb, if you will. Mm. Right. And but there comes a time when an embryo needs to expand beyond that womb. Yeah. And the process of birthing out of that womb and into a more expansive experience is chaotic and it's messy and it's sometimes difficult. And, and I think that what we are rubbing up against right now is a blind spot. There's, there's a collective blind spot that we have. And I think there's, there's a lot of value in anthropomorphizing the collective, the humanity as a whole, right? And, and comparing that to the process that we go through as individuals, because I think there's a lot of parallels, right? Absolutely. As an individual, there's this process that we go through uh, where, you know, you're growing up, you're developing, you hit these developmental stages, uh, whether it's at the age of seven, when you first de- start developing out of the emotional body is completely developed, and then you shift into the development of the mental body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, around 13, 14 years old, then the mental body is more fully developed, and then the physical body starts to develop this puberty. And then you hit, you know, age 18, 19, 20, 21, and there's another developmental stage that, that, that uh, happens beyond that. And in this um, process, in these processes that we go through as individuals, there are uh, these things that we make up about ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And part of that process, like take, take for example, the process, like the, the, the dynamic of being a teenager. So right now, we were just talking about our kids before we started the show, right? And you and I both have kids that are young, like my son is going to be 10 in a couple of weeks. And so right now, he's still very much you know, dad can do no wrong and all of that stuff. But they say that like 80% of your time with your kids happens by before the age of 12. Like once, once you get to age 12, like all of a sudden they want to start hanging out with their friends more. They want to start and slowly, but surely they start developing this identity separate from mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And part of the process of that individuation is pushing away from mom and dad. Yeah. Right. And to, to the point where sometimes they become these belligerent teenagers and they go out and they do stupid shit like yeah. I did. You probably did. Most I of us probably, did. Yeah. And yet in the, the process of, of our growth, what happens for most of us, and it's interesting that it happens around, usually around the age of 28-ish, 28 to 30, there's this cracking open that starts to happen where we, we start... Uh, kind of hitting sort of a, a emotional, physical, spiritual crises. And that's, for me, I was around the age of 28. 
uh, actually when my son was born, mm. that, that set me on this path of sort of spiritual exploration and that eventually led me to where I am now. And that whole path has been, literally has been a process of me going back and revisiting all the stories that I made up about my mom, my dad, my siblings, right? These are the, uh, th- this is where we, we create our personality based off of the stories that, that we make up. But then there comes a time when those get to be peeled back. And then we start to realize, oh my God, you know, here I've been making dad wrong all these years, you know, whether it's through having kids our own or whether it's through really profound experiences with plant medicines or maybe a combination of both. Yeah. You know, for me, it's been going back and realizing, oh my God, I have literally been distancing myself from my dad trying to be everything the opposite of my dad all these judgments that i had on my mom they all of these things that i've been just going no not don't like that was bad and wrong and i don't didn't like that and i ain't ever going to do that and so slowly there's this there's this realization that um no matter how much i try and distance myself from them the reality is is that i am them yep and i am more than yeah. Them. I'm me. But for me to really fully step into who I am as a being, I get to embrace that part of who I am is my mother and my father. Yeah. Right? And uh, and I think that when you take that and you apply that from the individual back to the collective, this is where we're at right now. Hmm. This is where we collectively are at is kind of we've gone through this this uh adolescent development stage over the last you know several thousand years of really kind of uh you know before we were these these um primitive indigenous sort of experience like like children in a way and as we've progressed we've kind of gone "Oh, oh my god i'm so glad i'm not a little kid anymore right I'm so glad I'm not that. Uh, it's primitive and brutish and nasty and short and caveman days. And I have all these stories about how, about this, this, uh, this narrative that we live in of this linear ascension of, of humankind and how we've transcended this primal piece of it. But the reality is, in the doing of that, we've also distanced ourselves from, from what you might call the father. God, yeah. Yeah. And from the mother. Yeah, the earth, and we've created these really weird sort of confrontational relationships with both of them. Yeah, right. And those are the things that we're in the midst of bumping up against right now, yeah. collectively. It it almost feels like you know when um, during that adolescent age that distance gets created, right? Yeah, and then. Something happens generally when children are in college or slightly post-college where they start to see their parents in a whole different way. And they kind of, for some, come back home. And then I think to the point that you were saying, it's like you understand your parents so much better when you become a parent. 
And then every day that you're a parent, you start to understand your parents more and more and more. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you condone everything that they did or like, oh, you know, that was great. It's just you have a, a palatable understanding for what it takes and how, in your words, chaotic being a parent can be and, and how there's no manual or understanding and like all the ways that you judged your parents before about how did you do this and how did you not know and blah, blah, blah. Now you're like, yeah. fuck me. Like, <laughs> you know, and it just brings you back to them in this very, um, humbling. Yeah. Humbling and open to receive way, you see them differently. You start to realize like your son, mine too, my kid, you know, we're superhuman to them right now. Like it's just so funny. You hold something heavy over your head. You're like, Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) And all that eventually strips away. And you know, they, they start becoming righteous and know everything and all that stuff. And yeah, Yeah. I, I really like that analogy. I think it's, it's, uh, it's very in line with what's happening. We were speaking about it just the other day, like the amount of growth, the amount of knowledge that is, is being pulled from these sources and and given back to humanity where plant medicine, which I know is something that, that's really uh, big in your life and impacted the lives of many around you, you know, like it almost seemed to be this kind of hidden in a dark room somewhere thing. And all of a sudden now it's just, I mean, it's talked about everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, this, I think is part of that blind spot that, that now this is what I'm really passionate about. And one of the things that I make a a point of communicating in the work that I do in the events that I, that I host when I'm working with people, we have, uh, we have some really cool events that we do down here in Southern Utah. Yeah. I I want Uh, you to talk about them for sure. Yeah. I'd be happy to. And part of that, the blind spot is like well just to illustrate it like tell me some of some of your who are some of your your heroes your models the people that you look up to and admire wayne dyer was a huge is still even though he's passed a huge influence of uh of mine wayne dyer love that anybody else Well, well a recent one has been kind of like uh I still think he's probably one of the smartest spiritual teachers I've ever heard of, Osho. And I know now with that whole movie, Wild Wild Country, it's just like everyone I tell the name Osho, he's like, how do you like this person? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, like, have you read any of his stuff? Have you ever heard him speak? Like you're basing yeah, all this stuff on stuff. one documentary. So I just find it funny. But he's he's been a huge um, spiritual teacher of mine for, for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, both of those guys, I have a tremendous amount of of appreciation for. Um, yeah. They've been influences in my life. And if I ask that question of anybody, and without fail, people are going to bring up across a really wide spectrum, right? They're going to be anybody from you know spiritual people like Wayne Dyer and Osho, um, Adyashante, uh You know, I could, I could go down the list. Um, they're going to bring up really admirable people like. Mahatma Gandhi and yeah. uh, Nelson King. Mandela, Martin Luther King. Uh, you're going to hear about people who are just frontliners in the entrepreneurial world, like uh, uh, Richard Branson, Elon Musk, and yep. 
Uh, and all of these are uh, admirable, amazing people. So what I'm, what I'm about to say, to take nothing away from that, but I never, when I ask that question of people in the beginning of, of a process, I, I never, or very, very rarely, I should say, I can count on one hand the number of times uh, I have had anybody bring up people like Tecumseh, Chief Joseph, Sacagawea, Hiawatha, go down. Like yeah. These are some of my personal heroes. And there's, that's the blind spot. That's the blind spot. Mm. Right? So what I envision, it's not that, I, like, I was on an interview with, uh, I was on the podcast with Trevor Chapman the other day, and we were having some conversation there. And he was like, he's like, well, I'm going to play the devil's advocate for a minute here. Because, like, he says, I, I go down to Boulder, Utah, and there's a really great community down there of very, you might say, granola people, right? <laughs> And they're great people. And he says, and when I talk to those people, he says, the common consensus seems to be that we just we need to go back. Like we we need to go back to living primitively, living in teepees. And he says, he says, Do you feel like that this world, what we have today and and what you're talking about are mutually exclusive? Mm. And my response to that is no, I don't think that they are. Yeah. I don't think that they're mutually exclusive at all. Um, I don't believe that what we have developed and evolved in this world is a mistake. Yeah. I, I don't think that, that that primal intelligence operates in, in that kind of a dynamic. Um, in fact, it's more like a child at play, right? More like, Hey, let's see what works and what doesn't. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know? But it, so it's, so it's not this thing that's mutually exclusive. It's more like right now they are at odds they, they're not harmonizing these two ways of being. Totally agree. They're not harmonizing. And I don't think that civilization is a mistake. I think that what, what is something we get to look at, well, one of the cultural assumptions that we get to reevaluate is this linear way of thinking that we have of A, that this is, that this is, a, um, that this is a, a, a linear progression that we're on. The universe doesn't work that way. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you look at the way the universe works. The, mon- the moon goes around the, the, the earth, and the earth goes around the sun, and the sun is spiraling through the gap. Everything is operating in this sort of this spiral. And, and it's on the one hand, at first you look at it, and it's like, oh, my God, this is, this is going somewhere. This has got to be going somewhere. <laughs> right? It's like this, there's this. And yet, is it? <laughs> right? I mean... Look at look at what we were talking about with parents and children before. Like, like, am I uh, my parents? Yes and no. I'm my parents, but I'm also the, the next evolution of my parents. And there's this constant. But but the thing that's happening is actually pretty much the same thing in a fractal format. Right? Yeah. We're just being born and dying. It's like leaves in a tree. Yep. Right. So. So taking a step back from this linear narrative that we operate in and recognizing that, hey, maybe, maybe what's actually happening is not that it's going in a circle. That would just be maybe the expression of what you might call feminine energy, for lack of a better term, just a circle, right? But it's also not going in a straight line. That's more of the masculine energy. It's, yep. Maybe it's both. Maybe we've got the spiral that is this, this progression and maybe... 
what's going on for us collectively is sort of um, what I, I think I mentioned this to you when we were talking the other day, the sweet home Alabama syndrome is what I like to call it. Right? <laughs> is that, that movie yeah. um, where Reese Witherspoon is from, she's from the small town in Alabama. Whatever happens, happens before the movie starts. And, and so the movie starts out, she's now a hot shot clothing designer in New York City. And she's about to marry the mayor's son. And there's a little problem. She has to go back to Alabama to resolve and get picked. But she doesn't want nobody to know about it, right? She's really committed to this idea of herself becoming this great New York icon. So she has to go back to Alabama. She has to go back to her roots. She has to go back to where she came from. And at first she goes back. They're trying to deal with everything in sort of this, this half-hearted way. and life isn't going to let it, it just doesn't work that way like you have to come back and embrace it and love it and accept it and and accept that this is actually who you are yeah this is who you are yeah. and from there if you choose to then go be the hotshot clothing designer awesome but your roots are you're rooted right so if we want to reach for the stars if we want to colonize mars and and populate other planets fuck yes i think that that we have a an incredible destiny, but destiny is not linear. And I think the future is ancient. And that's one of the things that, that we don't collectively grasp yet. But if we can, if we can be willing to humble, humble ourselves, find that humility, right? Humility is a word, the root word of, of humility. I love it. It comes from uh, humus, which is of the earth, mm. right? And so that's all humility is, is just coming back to the earth and finding our roots. And I think if we can do that, we can rise rooted. And with roots, we can reach to eternity. Yeah. But without roots, we're a culture without roots. And the funny thing about us is it's kind of this matter of pride in the same way that teenagers are very, very proud of the fact that, fuck mom and dad. Like, yeah. Right? That's kind of where we are. Yeah, it's really interesting. And you can even see, so now politically, and I'm not political by any stretch of the imagination, it's just really interesting to notice what's happening with humanity all over the world, where you can almost sense this, like the old regime is dying off. Yeah. And that the people of that generation are seeing this new world come to light. And this new world scares the shit out of them because it, I mean, we have been progressing so fast. I'm not just talking technologically. I mean, like in the past hundred years, more stuff has happened to the human race than in 70,000 years leading up to it. Like that's, that's the kind of progression. And so for people that were born in, you know, the 1920s and thirties, like this world looks very, very different. 1940s, very different. Right. And so they're almost like, hanging on to the last thread, trying their best not to lose grasp on what little is left of this reality. And that's why you, you know, you have people like Donald Trump winning elections because there's this populace who's like, we have to hold on, right? Make America great again. Just think about that concept. Like it doesn't even make any sense, but to the right audience, it made perfect sense because there is this idea of the past that was this like glorious amazing past that we are now losing touch with and i was saying to someone the other day 
I think our generation, the, you know, the people who are kind of parents right now to young children, we're like, you know, before um, they, they pave roads, there's this machine that comes and just like grinds up that old road yeah. and, and removes it so they can yeah. put this like beautiful new tarmac on. Yeah. Like our generation is that we're this bridge between this new, you know, some call them like star children. Yeah. And I'm sure you see it. Like these kids are very different than you and I yeah. were. Yeah. Just, they, they, they have different imprinting. They have different programs inside yeah. of them that with the right, I don't want to say the right parent. That's going to sound wrong with the right guidance. These children can do things way beyond what any human beings ever been able to do. But then there's this old regime who's like, no, we all must do things this way. And we're kind of that, like, we're going to tear that fucking conversation up. We're going to rip it down so that these kids can pave on whatever it is that they're going to do. And I'm personally, I'm excited. And I know I'm sure you are too. And you can absolutely see how that terrifies the shit out of certain people. Like it just makes sense. That's why there's this just crazy battle right now yeah. happening all over the world. I mean, it's just every country all over the world with, with different things that we hear all the time. This message goes out to anyone struggling with creating massive financial abundance in your life right now. So if that's you, listen very closely. You see, abundance is an energy, a frequency, if you will. And for most, it's pretty elusive. Well, not anymore, my friend. See, Guy and I have just released our latest, most advanced training yet on how to align to the frequency of abundance. That means more money, better health, amazing relationships are all available when you tap into this frequency. See, life no longer needs to be a struggle. What if you received abundance with effortless ease? So if you want to find out more about this amazing new training and how it can completely revolutionize your life, we've actually just released a free three-part mini training filled with amazing exercise that you can start implementing today. In it, you'll explore how to break your self-sabotage patterns, how to shift from sacrifice to gratitude, and how to even reprogram your financial thermostat that's deep in your subconscious and much more, obviously. So if you're ready, all you have to do is head over to primeyourabundance.com and you can get started today. We are so excited to share this breakthrough training with you. Again, to grab it right now, just head to primeyourabundance.com. See you on there. One of the things that I, I notice is there, like, there are certain people in the world who, like I'm, I'm the type of person where it's just my nature is to explore the fringes, right? Yes. Some people are bricks, some people are mortar, and some people are uh, uh, laying new bricks, and some people are out there coming up with new material besides bricks, and right? And some yep. people are tearing the bricks down, and and you know I'm not, I'm not sure exactly where I am in all of that, but one of the things that 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 is in my nature is has always been just sort of this curiosity for the unknown. Like I will jump off a cliff just to see yeah. where, where I land. Yep. And, uh, but, but, but the mass majority of people are bricks and mortar. Mm. There are people who 
and, and I think that this is an intentional sort of design from this primal intelligence, right? That like, like it is necessary for there to coagulate this sense of identity and sense of culture and things like that. And so in the work that we do in, in building that bridge that you, that you're talking about, um, it's like, you, you, it's going to be challenging. Like, just like Osho, we were talking about the, the wild west thing. What were they really doing? I haven't watched the documentary. I've read a little bit about Osho's history and, and whatever, but it, you know, right or wrong, whatever he was doing, he wasn't, he wasn't fucking hurting nobody, yeah. but he was weirding people out. Yes. Big and time. And weirding people out. And, and people are like, Ooh, no. Right. But, what we don't realize is that this this narrow uh, uh, binary view that we operate in is this thing that not only is it putting blinders on us, we're actually in a sort of a Stockholm syndrome. Mm. And it's a Stockholm syndrome that has brought us to actually culturally... So we've actually forced this way of view on the original inhabitants yep, of this absolutely. continent and Australia and Africa and, you know, all over the place. Did you know, by the way, that, that, uh, do you know when we first crossed a population of 1 billion? I'm kind of going off on a tangent here. Bro. No, I don't. I, I read this. I remember it sapiens, but I, I don't even remember when. 1805. <laughs> that was the first time we, we even hit a billion. Now we're, now we're getting close to what? 8 billion. Eight. Right. And if you look at, at the timelines for, for population dub, doubling, it's insane how fast we are now doubling populations. It's gone exponential chart. Anyway, yeah. my point is, though, in 1805, when we hit that, that point, uh, 60%, if my numbers are right, and they might, it might actually even be a higher percentage, but I, I, I'm going to be conservative and say 60% of the world population was at that point living indigenously. Hmm. Did you know that? Wow. Today, it's 6%. Wow. And did you know that 90% of the world's remaining biodiversity is primarily in the hands of that 6% of indigenous people? Hmm. Like, just the, the numbers there. When you just sit there and you let those like sink I, in, it's mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. Right? So, so here we are. We're on this. Uh, and the, the reality is a lot of people are like, well, you know, doom and gloom. I don't want to deal with doom and gloom. And it's like, you know what? I don't really either. Right? But we also get to, uh, like, like to go through life uh, planning for the future that you want to have without also planning for the future that you're going to have <laughs> is just insanity, right? Yeah, exactly. and we get to get real with ourselves. We've depleted topsoil that took thousands and thousands of years to build up. We've depleted it in less than 300 years. We are already in the first, the, the, the first man-made mass extinction has already started. It's just a matter of how far it's going to go. Like I could go down the list on and on and on and on and on about the crises. And there's a, a myriad of different crises that we're in, but the, the real crises, what I think is the real crisis is a crisis of identity. It's a crisis mm -hmm. of culture. 
it's it's this this thing where our narrative is now bumping up against reality and yet we we persist with the narrative right like even to the point where the 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 great leaders of of this of of the uh entrepreneurial movement uh, elon musk who i have tremendous respect for and i think the intentions of his heart are so beautiful and like we're going to put billions and billions and billions and billions into uh uh space exploration jeff bezos same thing like yeah. all of these guys are doing the space exploration space exploration space exploration okay what about this planet this one right here like how are we gonna like if you've ever been in a relationship with a woman that that like didn't work and then you're like well that didn't work next and then you go in and you got the same dynamics with the next one and that shit don't work next and it's like at some point you got to realize, oh shit, it's not. It's, it's the common denominator in this, right? <laughs> so, so are we going to go planet hopping until we figure this out, <laughs> <laughs> or are we going to actually like get real with ourselves and go, hey, maybe there's a relationship issue here, right? And it's in our language. Just just the fact that like the, the way that we talk about things, we talk about things like resources all the time, even when we start trying to to preserve the planet, we're speaking about it from a very othering sort of thing. Oh, we need to conserve resources. We need to, we need to create sustainability. I'm I'm sitting here going, actually, I don't want like, even, even if this could go on indefinitely, even if all the doom and gloom and all of that stuff is nowhere close to accurate, we have this, this paradigm, this economic system that requires unlimited growth. Yeah. Right. So even if you could sustain unlimited growth, in a finite world, which just mathematically doesn't work, do I really want to? Yeah. Like, it's not even about doom and gloom. It's not even about sustaining things the way they are. I look at it and I go, I think we could play a funner game. I think we could play a better game, right? I think we can move past, like, what got us here was, was necessary. Empire culture got us here, and I don't think that I would be able to sit down and, and, and make the awesome music that I make on the digital products that I make. I wouldn't have this, this iPhone, uh, which to me is like this amazing magic wand, right? Uh, I, I borrowed that term from my, my dear friend and brother, Christopher Stubbs. It's like, it, it's, it's a magic wand, he says. And with this magic wand, like I can just sort of, you know, create anything yeah, it's a few shakes and a few you know scrolls, or I can, you know, cast a spell on myself and get lost <laughs> in it. So, I I think what got us here was not a mistake. Yeah, agreed. But it it is a developmental stage that is coming to an end, and it's up to us to choose to consciously evolve, or you know, life can kind of force that evolution on us as it inevitably does. Right. Individually, there's been times when I've been very resistant to change. Yeah. And it builds up and builds up and builds up. And then finally, it just washes over me and it's much rougher, but it gets me there. Or I can go, hey, I don't need to wait for a big slap in the face. What can I do now? And so part of what I'm doing with with, uh, the Entheosis project, Entheosis is all about exploring ways for us to facilitate the transition to for us to facilitate the evolution that we are in beginning with ourselves and with our culture 
and with the way that we are relating because everything else springs from that. Everything else is a reflection of our relationships, the, 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 the way we're choosing to relate with the world. So, you know, are things resources? Yeah. won't say that they're not. But are they relationships? Hmm. Definitely. My experience has been that they definitely are. And it's the same way, like, like take that personally to my relationship to my wife or to my relationship to uh, my friends or whatever, yeah. right? Having a, a relationship with you. Are you a resource? Yeah, you're a resource. You're, you're a, a, a network connected guy. You know a lot of things. You've got a lot of wisdom. There's a lot of things that you can do for me. Right? Yeah. But if that's the way that I approach this relationship, how long is that going to last? Exactly. Right? If, if I approach my wife from, from a dynamic of, of well, I really, I really need to get off. And I think it's you're, your job. You're my resource for that. You're my resource for that. Come <laughs> on, oh, honey. Get naked. Right? <laughs> or uh, you got some great childbearing hips. Pop me out some progeny. <laughs> like, I, need, I need some, answers, some, some, some descendants. Or wash my dishes. Like, you get the point. It's how I choose to relate. Yeah. And the reality is, is that we live in, in, in a world that is very much alive. Primal intelligence is expressing in all things. All things are alive. There's no question about that for me. People ask me, do you believe in God? And I say, no. I don't see the point in believing in something that you can witness, that you can just observe this miracle right in front of you. Yeah. Right? What's there to believe in? Just have a relationship with it. Just mm-hmm. connect with it directly. Just learn to listen. We have removed ourselves from the great conversation that life is having with itself. Mm. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how you're bringing this about into the world and, and what you've kind of created to bring people into that space because I think it's really cool and very unique. Awesome, yeah. Um, I think the first thing uh, to to articulate there is that I don't have all the answers. Yeah. I don't think anybody does. No. And uh, part of this process is like, if we get to change the way that we approach it, we've been approaching things like we're building a building, but we're in this case, what if what we're doing is growing a garden, right? So in growing a garden, you can't predict exactly how each plant is going to emerge from the soil, but you can go into things with a little bit of an understanding about natural principles. And you can, especially if you start applying like permaculture principles, you can actually create something where, where it sort of supports itself into evolving into something amazing, uh, but also has some intention behind it. Right. So I think that's part of it. The other thing is, is recognizing that what we're actually in, as you were pointing out, like we're in the space between stories. There isn't a new tarmac yet. Yep. The, art, the old tarmac is being shredded by the, by the second. And we're in the space between stories. And so one of the primary skills that we get to develop is the ability to be in chaos. Mm. Right? We need to stop clinging to homeostasis and learn how to uh, develop uh, a, a culture that can that can cope with chaos and can cope with with change. And the irony of that is that in the development of that kind of a culture, the culture itself, the homeostasis itself, will actually emerge. Right, and and so in practical terms, the way w- what we're doing is 
uh, we're focusing primarily on the relationship. So I work, I work a lot with plant medicines, as you and I were talking about. Mm-hmm. Day, right? But even before I bring somebody into plant medicine ceremony, these days I've, I've changed the approach that before we actually even go into uh, a, a, a ceremony, prior to that, we're actually spending time on paradigm, on relationship. So we, we actually go and we do, we have this wilderness-based event called Entheosis Base Camp, and that's where everybody starts. Like if you've never worked with Entheosis before, you start with Entheosis Base Camp, and we take you out. We have some of the most amazing primal skills people. Like these, these are guys that are former or, or sometimes concurrent instructors with, with uh, uh, BOSS, Boulder Outdoor Survival School. Uh, we've got some guys that have been consultants on, on uh, different shows like uh, Not Naked and Afraid. That's a really stupid one. but you know, <laughs> The one that watches. watches. <laughs> yeah. uh, but we've, we've got these uh, primal skills people that, are, uh, that we're bringing in for that. And what we do is we, we take you out and it's really just about like, it's, it's about having fun. Cause if you're not having fun, then something's off. Right. Yeah, but sure. it's also about doing it in a way that brings you present and, and, and helps you start to cultivate an actual relationship dynamic and learn how to open up that, that aspect of primal intelligence and learn how to actually uh, evolve into a species that, uh, and I think evolve is, is, is maybe even the wrong word because we already are a species with the capacity to communicate with plants, with animals. But most of us have shut that down yep. in our development. The way that our education system works, there's a really great book. Uh, I think it's by Stephen Buhner is his name, um, called Plant Intelligence. And... Uh, he, he not only breaks down how that communication process works, he actually walks you through how you can redevelop that, reopen up your sensory capacity to be able to communicate with plants on a whole new level. And of course, you know, plant medicine, uh, some of the things that we work with. So we work with, we work with um, uh, everything from uh, Silawaska, San Pedro, or Wachuma, as some people know it, uh, ayahuasca, uh, salvia divinorum that's where we start people out so when people come in for entheosis base camp we actually will do an, an introduction to salvia divinorum hmm. so salvia is a plant that is currently it's it's legal to to use in utah it's most people use it the wrong way most people are smoking it which is a really stupid thing to do don't don't ever smoke salvia <laughs> those, those listeners don't smoke it um, but the, the the traditional way, the way that the Mazatec people uh, use salvia is orally, gets absorbed through the gums. And when you do it that way, A, you can control the dosage much better than when you smoke it. When you smoke it, you might have a gentle meditative state and you might get knocked out of your gourd. Uh, so, so when we do it, we do it in a way where people can be eased into that experience gently, mm-hmm. develop a connection with the plant medicine and recognize the energy and the spirit and the consciousness and the intelligence of that plant nice, and, and actually start to develop that sort of a dynamic. And I think this is really important uh, to me and, and the work that we do, I have a program called Entheopreneur, which is geared specifically towards influencers and, and uh, uh, 
you know, CEOs and, and that kind of thing. And to me, it's a sort of a response to the whole stealing fire conversation that's happening. Because I, I loved it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I fucking love that book. I love uh, what, what uh, Jamie and, and Stephen brought to the world. I love that people are having that conversation now. Yeah. But what I also see is a lot of the Silicon Valley mindset and the way that people are using these things is that they're using them. Yeah. They're approaching it from that utilitarian it's aspect. An e- it's an ego, an ego use. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and there's nothing wrong with ecstasis, uh, but that's where, for me, that's why I chose the name entheosis because ecstasis, great, awesome. Stepping outside of yourself, stepping into flow states. But we're all talking about hacking consciousness and tapping into God mode. And that brings me back to that teenager mentality again. That's like, that's like I'm going to steal my dad's credit card, yeah. right? It's like, dude, it's your inheritance. Like, there's nothing to steal. Why are we stealing fire? Why are we stealing fire? What happens when we start honoring fire? Yeah. Right? And this is where I, I think, like, my ideal, my dream is to have somebody like uh, Richard Branson sitting down with the 13 grandmothers. Right? Mm. Did you, have you ever heard of the 13 grandmothers? Mm-mm. Oh, my God. These 13 indigenous women from, from indigenous cultures all over the planet, all of them individually felt called to come together and create this council of 13 indigenous grandmothers. Wow. And it's like, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing what they've been doing. And I think, what would the world be like if, if we had guys like, like Richard Branson sitting down and receiving counsel and guidance and investment advice from the 13 grandmothers? Yeah. And so that's what's behind the third project that, that we have going on along with Entheosis. And everything else is, is uh, we've got the Entheos Alliance, and this is a really like this is an it's an invitation only group um, that we just started. We've got a really small handful of guys that are that are in this mindset in this wavelength, um, guys who are influencers, and they're also going, hey, like I'm recognizing that there is this there's this whole frontier of development that I've missed. Yeah. There's this, this aspect of humility and this aspect of, of listening and connection that I really, I'm ready to evolve into. And with these guys, you know, with a lot of the work that I've, that I've done over the years, I have developed relationships that have opened up doors that, that where I can go sit around the fire and sit in council with people where Westerners don't, typically get invited and I'm, I'm i guard those doors very carefully yeah I'm very very particular about who i invite to come sit in in those types of experiences with me because uh is because you know it's not that these two worlds are mutually exclusive but what is mutually exclusive is this um this uh extraction mindset that mm. our world seems to be in yeah that won't work in the world that's coming that won't work yeah and you you can even start to see it i mean i know people like rag on social media and all that stuff but like if you think about it social media is a tool created by a new generation who wanted to connect yeah like 
how it's being used, obviously it's like a wild, wild west and everyone's still trying to figure it out. And it's this like, you know, child basically that the people are trying to figure out what, what it actually is. But like they created a solution to a problem that none of us thought we had. And that's just fascinating. Like they, they have ideas impregnated in them that we just, it doesn't make any sense to the rest of us. And it's not supposed to make sense to the rest of us because they're the one inheriting this thing and are going to do something with it. And even the fact that people say like they're entitled and lazy, you know what? Like they're just not programmed the same way. They're not necessarily looking at what we have now and trying to solve that problem. They're, they're creating a place that they get to walk into and create like the, the entrepreneurs of today are ideas. People, the entrepreneurs of yesteryear were like, I got to build shit today. Best companies in the world don't have a single asset. You look at like Facebook and Airbnb and Uber and all like they don't own anything. They just created a channel of connection, yeah. this to this. So it's really interesting. And then something I wrote down while you were talking, which is, you know, you probably heard this line, like what you resist persists. Yeah. It's almost like when you were talking about that blind spot, right? We're so resistant to what's potentially on the other side that it, it, I love that you use Stockholm syndrome. It's like the shit that we know is better than the potential shit that we have no idea about. Even though, like, in letting go of this, something so much greater and more beautiful can show itself to us, but we just want to meddle and work with what is right in front of our noses. Yeah, it's safe. Yeah, it's safe. It's like, if I fix this thing, yeah, but you're working on something that was created like 50 years ago and trying to fix it instead of thinking like where this is going to be a hundred years from now. Yeah. And not only that, but we're, we're doing it all from up here. Exactly. It's all up here. And there's an entire intelligence center that exists down, down here in, in the heart center rather than up in the intellectual center. And it's, it's like uh, Einstein, I think was the one, I don't know if it was Einstein. Anyway, where he's talking, there's a quote that says, um, that says the, the, the intellect is a faithful servant and the intuitive spirit is a precious gift. Mm. And we have a culture that worships the servant and ignores the gift. Yep. Right. This is meant to be in service of of this, this, this incredible capacity that we have intellectually to go out. And I, and I think like, entre- this, this is why I like to work with entrepreneurs is, is because um, I think contrary to what most people with my uh, uh, perception on earth and, you know, like a lot of people are of the mindset that entrepreneurs are, are the problem. Mm. And, and I think that's, that's not necessarily the case. I think that, uh, entrepreneurship is actually the epitome of that masculine energy. It's like the ability to go, there's a goal. There's the shit I'm going to do. And boom, 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 execute, get it done. And that, like, that's amazing. That's yep. an amazing capacity. Right. But when that, when that, that, um, crosshairs is not, contained within the womb, right? I'm, I'm 
talking about the medicine circle, yeah, which yeah. is an indigenous concept here, right? You've got the circle and you've got this, the, the cross inside the circle. And this is meant to represent the feminine and the masculine energies or however you want to describe those. Uh, when that crosshairs is not uh, being, uh, uh, is not acting with respect to the womb, it can be destructive. And that's an awareness that we get to, we get to reawaken within ourselves. And, and that Stockholm syndrome that, that you're talking about, like, uh, or you know, that I brought up is is what I mean by that is that we're in a Stockholm syndrome in relationship to a cultural sort of a program. Like we're in empire culture. Empire culture has, for the last several thousand years, been doing its thing. And again, I think that it is that that hierarchical, structured, focused, it's that energy. It's not that we need to do away with that. It's that we need to bring balance now. Exactly. So instead of us going out there as entrepreneurs going, I'm going to build my empire, let's, let's go out there and start asking ourselves questions like, how can we build tribe? I was listening to a podcast with Aubrey Marcus and Jamie Whelan, the, the guy who wrote Stealing Fires. Listen yep. to that a while ago. And they're talking about, uh, talking about some of these things, one of the things that came up in the conversation is they were talking about, hey, winter is coming. <laughs> winter is coming. And there's this, uh, um, there's this conversation that we get to start having. And they were talking about all kinds of things, Burning Man and their experiences in yeah. Burning Man and, and the, the shortcomings of that and everything. But like, Burning Man isn't doing it for us. It, there's good things that come out of Burning Man, right? But Burning Man is not doing it for us. Yeah. What is beyond Burning Man? That's what we explored with the Entheos Alliance, with these, these high performers that we're bringing together. So we do this event uh, called uh, C5, right? It's the Campfire Congress for Conscious cult- Cultural Change, right? And so what we do is we get, every so often we get, these guys together that basically this is like the the wilderness version of polar opposite of the Bilderberger group, right? Like let's get the most brilliant people together sitting around a fire, but also with having conversations with uh, with people who understand. So so wherever we have uh, indigenous wisdom keepers and elders and people like that that are willing to share, we're inviting those people to come in and we're saying, hey, we want to listen. Right? Little brother's ready to listen. We want to, We want to listen. How can we use our gifts and what we are most gifted at yeah. to serve something that we have not been present to in the, in the past? And what that's going to do, what it's already doing is it's opening up uh, possibilities and realms of, of exploration that we don't even think about right now. Did you know that there's a, a movement that's starting to happen where they're taking farmland, the exhausted farmland, and they're actively rewilding it. Mm. Right? So this is farmland that has been, you know, supposed to produce. And, and when we change the dynamics of the way we approach the economic uh, mentality, and we're willing to actually uh, look at, at things beyond just monetary value, uh, there is actually a non-growth economy that can emerge. 
right? Charles Eisenstein is one of my favorite authors. He wrote a book called Sacred Economics. It, I would recommend anybody who thinks that they're up to anything in the world to read that book and, and explore other possibilities and other ways of, of approaching the, the paradigm that, that we're in around money and around economics and around growth and around all of that stuff. Anyway, my, my point is, is that there are, there are different types of, of um, uh, opportunities that are going to start emerging for sure in a completely different paradigm because they're going to be opportunities because these are going to be entrepreneurial opportunities that are not so much focused on technology and progress and achievement. They're going to be focused more on nurturing and community and connection. Yep. Right. And the more that we get people focusing on those, the technology is already like technology's already on the fast track. It's already exponentially like yeah. you don't have to put any more effort, energy, focus on that. Yeah. But what what yeah. about all this connectivity that you're talking about with social media? Connectivity, if it's not leading to connection, then what what's it doing for us? Yeah, exactly. And if we want to really start addressing the problems we're seeing in the world, everything from from school shootings to um, uh, to poverty to like everything out there, if we are willing to shift the, the the paradigm and the perspective and the approach that we take to things, and and have a different conversation and recognize we live in an impoverished culture, we really do. That Stockholm syndrome is uh, we're very loyal to a culture that actually systematically decimated and continues to sustain systematically decimate healthy cultures and yeah. healthy ways of living right it's all about centralization and what i see and and part of what's happening with the entheos alliance and a lot of these very forward thinking uh, entrepreneurs that that are coming together is we're exploring not just different types of businesses but but also different economical structures things like uh, hollow chain technology the hollow chain technology is going to I think the common term that people are using is decentralize. Yeah. Right? Decentralizing. I think a more accurate word is omnicentralization. Right? It's going to omnicentralize this world. And that's what we need. We need, and it starts here. That's why I think it's so important for us to all reclaim our, remember, not reclaim, remember our own sovereignty. So true. And, and from that place, we can create sovereign community and we can create this, this way of being where every living thing is being honored in its sovereign expression yep. because we're acknowledging and operating and coming at it from the truth of who, who each other is. Yeah. And then you can't, you can't hurt or negatively impact. You can't make decisions that negatively impact someone else because in essence, it's impacting you negatively. And I yeah. think when we get to that place, it's just, there's going to be a, a, a massive human awakening shift in what is deemed okay and what is deemed not okay. Um, Levi, so that hour obviously flew by as, uh, as I kind of told you. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna that was fly. quick. Uh, 
I would love for you to share with people where they can find out more about what you guys are up to and how they can connect with you um, to join some of these uh, programs and initiatives. Absolutely. So entheopreneur.com. If you are a uh, entrepreneur or an influencer and you want to get involved with it in that way, um, and then the Entheos Alliance, that's something that, again, that's an invitation-only thing. Um, that's something where people need to come through and actually be involved with, uh, uh, go through some of the processes we do with Entheosis Basecamp and make sure that we're all on the same, same wavelength with what we're talking about. Um, and then Entheosis Basecamp is actually something that we are making available to, uh, to everybody. Right? Like that's something where anybody who needs it can come in and, and take part in that. And we're actually, we're doing it as part in keeping with, with my own uh, values, right? And part of what we're exploring here, like I said, is what's beyond Burning Man. <clears throat> so one of the things that we've decided to do is uh, we are incorporating radical generosity. We're going to do like, this is, this is way out there. And people are like, dude, you're crazy. I love you how idealistic you are, but you're crazy. And, and whatever, and it's like, I don't care. Here's, here's what we're going to do. Entheosis Base Camp and everything that we're offering through Entheosis is 100% gifted forward. Mm-hmm. When you come and you have this experience with us, it's because somebody who came before you gifted it to you. Wow. And I want you to come and receive it that way. I want you to come as a guest. You're a guest in our community, and you're a guest... And if it adds value to your life, awesome. If you can see the value of what we're doing, great. Give and give generously if you have it to give. And if you don't have it to give, it's okay. It's not my place to decide what your capacity to give is. It's my job if I'm going to really practice the value of radical generosity is to give freely. Beautiful. Right? And, uh, and people say that, 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 that you know, that's just, it's so idealistic, but human nature is human nature and humans are greedy and selfish and stingy and blah, blah, blah. Yes, we are. But we're also generous and loving and, and uh, passionate and, and supportive. Hmm. And we're both of those things, right? And which one are we going to speak to? Which one am I going to continue to speak to? Yeah. I want to speak to the piece of you that is generous because th- th- first of all, there are examples of this where it works. Vipassana, uh, they've been doing this for 25 years, yeah. right? Charles Eisenstein, the, the author of the book, Sacred Economics. Uh, he, that man is, is one of my heroes. He's an inspiration to me. Freaking love that guy. It's amazing. Um, and you have the, the, in the Northwestern United States, prior to Europeans coming in, you had the potlatch culture, right? You had an entire culture, networks of cultures that all operated off of generosity. And you had cultures where people saw that the most generous people in the community were the ones who were the most taken care of, mm. right? We don't, you don't see that here. In this world, in this culture, it's the people who are, are more, most, you know, out, out for themselves that seem to rise to the top. Yeah. And it's not because people are inherently assholes. It's because you have a system and a culture that, that sort of cultivates and encourages that. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So anyway, so that's what we're up to. I love it. I love it. We'll have all the uh, links for you guys in the show notes. And if this resonates with you, definitely connect with Levi. Levi, for me, dude, 
thank you not just for being on the show. Uh, I know you know your val- your time is valuable, but more than that, just thank you for doing this work mm. on the planet. Um, I think now more than ever, it is needed. Um, I love that people are out there in the world having these conversations with highly influential thought leaders. Um, I just think if it's not, if, if we're not going to stand up and say like, Hey, this needs to shift. Yeah. Who is. And so I love that you're doing this and I love that you get to spread this message in the world. And I, for one, do not think it's idealistic at all. I think it's necessary. Yeah. And I, so I agree. And thank you for that. Really appreciate that. And thank you for, for hosting me, giving me this platform to share. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you also for what you're doing. Like just, just in connecting with you and uh, the work that you and your brother are up to and what I've seen and heard and experienced. Uh, I think we're, I think we're shoulder to shoulder on something. Really important. Bringing the light to the world, man. Um, For all you guys, thank you so much as always for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Have an amazing rest of your week, everyone. I really hope you enjoyed that awesome conversation as much as I did. And as always, thank you for your continued loyal support and your listening. A couple things. If you haven't already done so, make sure you go to Facebook right now and request to join our amazing private group. It's called Personal Development Without the Fluff. It's a quickly growing community with some amazing souls and amazing support. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, I can promise you, you will absolutely love that group. That's where we make all of our exclusive content available, as well as trainings that are just for the group accessible to you and your fellow Satorians. So make sure you request access to that group immediately. Also, if you haven't done so already, we've put together an incredible app. You can go to satoriprime.com forward slash app and get immediate access right now to a 10-part mindset reboot training. It is an eye-opening, mind-expanding experience that you do not want to miss. Well, until we meet again, have an amazing day, my friend. I look forward to personally connecting with you and seeing how Satori Prime can help you in achieving your dream life real soon. Have an amazing day.